Good morning. We're glad that you're here this morning. This is the second Sunday in Advent, the second Sunday of preparation. And so often we get into a habit of going through the motions, especially this time of year. We find that our Christmas, that anticipation, that excitement for what is about to come, can often be hijacked, can it, by all of the things that we have to do, by schedules and by things that we have to get done by to-do lists, by cards and presents and gifts. And, and all of a sudden, the core of what Advent is really all about gets hijacked. We kind of forget that. We're, we're so busy preparing for it that we don't remember what we're preparing for. We've lost the reason for the season. We're celebrating the coming of Christ, that God has broken into our world to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And that invites us to be a part of a world-changing, a life-changing event. One of the things that we have, here we go, we want to offer you an opportunity. We have these signs that are out back. This is a sign that we offer to you. We can, we can be a part of the solution. These are all free to you. We can put them out back and you can put them in your yard and we'll begin seeing them around. And, and we as a church can make a statement. That our Christmas is not going to be hijacked. It's not going to be falling into other people's stereotypes of what it is. Uh, this is one that I took um, as I was making my rounds last week out at the fairgrounds. Somebody put it just as I was traveling out to fairgrounds, I often put your bed and their life has not ended, but it is being always and everywhere reborn. Now, there are different stories or different characters that we could talk about, and, but there's none that really speaks louder to me than this guy. Ebenezer Scrooge. As a matter of fact, the word Scrooge has now actually entered our lexicon. You can find it in the dictionary. If you look up Scrooge, it means tight-fisted, it means stingy, it means cold, it means indifferent. The Scrooge has taken on that characteristic, but I think that that's, that's a bad portrayal of what Charles Dickens was trying to write. Charles Dickens wrote originally The Christmas Carol in 1843. Charles Dickens was born in 1812, and his father worked um, in the Navy shipyards. And as a result of that, he had kind of got into some debt and was actually thrown into debtor's prison. As a result, Charles Dickens was actually sent to the workhouses in a, in a, in a very uh, impoverished and very strict, you know, very poor uh, time in England's history. And as a result, that, that influences a lot of his writings. And so he influences that in his writings about Charles, about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. And it talks about how that moment of indifference, that closed, cold, tight-fisted man is redeemed. And so the story of Ebenezer Scrooge is not a story of somebody that is closed and tight-fisted, but it is about actually what I call the redemption of Scrooge. The redemption of what does it mean to, to really be a human being. And as a result of what Christmas is about, we see God incarnate and we see what Christmas is really all about and what human beings were meant to be. Scrooge, over his course, is described in different ways. Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, or Charles Dickens, describes it this way. He says, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge, a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scratching, clutching, covetous old sinner, hard and sharp as a flint from which no steel had ever struck out a generous fire, secret and self-contained and as solitary as an oyster. What a... What a dramatic dis description of who Ebenezer Scrooge is. And if we were to ask ourselves, and if I were to 
ask you to raise your hand and say, how many of you feel that you have some of Scrooge in you? Absolutely not, that solitary closed off. And yet I think what Dickens is trying to say is there's a little bit of that in all of us. Here's what I've noticed is I've noticed that sometimes when we call out and we ask, how many of you are thankful for the, the, pray, the joys in your life? We, we don't really notice the joys very much. We have a hard time thinking of what we're thankful for, the joyful moments in our life, the people that are around us, the celebrations in our lives. We have closed ourselves off. We protect ourselves. We don't want to look foolish among others. And so we keep that barrier, that protection But whenever we want to know what what are your burdens, those are the ones that we carry most in front of us. Those are the ones that are are weighing us down. Scrooge is closed and he's cold. His phrase for almost everything is what? Bah humbug. It's it's useless. It's a a meaningless holiday. It doesn't do anything for any of us. When we, we gather and we talk about decorating our sanctuary, maybe some say, ah, bah humbug. Or we talk about sharing with the kids and bringing our neighbors and our friends to experience the family and the joyfulness of this fellowship. Bah, humbug, that's for somebody else to deal with, not me. When we ask to be involved in times of fellowship and and in ministry and in action, that's always for somebody else. There's a little bit of Scrooge in each and every one of us. It's a warning sign. It's just a sign that says, wait a minute. Before you cast off Scrooge to the sidelines as an old, covetous old sinner, maybe we need to look in the mirror a little bit. Scrooge had become so callous and so cold to the outside. As a matter of fact, Dickens goes on to say, external heat and cold had little effect on Scrooge. No warmth could warm, no wintry weather could chill him, no winter that blew was bitter than he And no falling snow was more intent upon its purpose, no pelting rain less open to entreaty. He was unmovable, unshakable. As a matter of fact, in in Revelations chapter 3, as Jesus is talking about the church, about Christians, as they're living out his faith, he talks about the Laodicean church. And he said, I have to cast you out of my mouth because you are neither hot nor cold. You're influenced by neither. You've become indifferent to the needs of the world. You've gone through your routines and your habits so often that you've closed yourself off to the real, the real world as it is. And so Scrooge takes on that character of all of us. Jesus, as he's walking through the Galilee, as he's w- looking at other people, as the Pharisees come in their religious garb and in their habits, he said, these people's hearts have, are far from me. They've become calloused and cold so that they no longer feel with their hearts or hear with their ears or they would turn and I would hear them. Christ is inviting us this morning in this Advent season to reconsider our story, and I want us to do that in light of the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Here is a man that is so closed off, everything for him is a humbug, everything for him is a waste of time, nothing can influence him. If God does not intervene in his life, his destiny is already set. And so it is for all of us. If God does not intervene in your life, does not give you a new path, a new light to follow, then you will go down the same cold, covetous old way as Ebenezer Scrooge. That is our destiny. Scrooge loved the darkness because it was cheap. The epistles tell us that we too love the darkness for it hides us from the truth. And yet in Christ, Christ is the light of the world. 
So we're reading this morning, our passage of scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is traveling through the Galilee, and it records it this way. Now leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which is by the, way, by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Natali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan of Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of shadows of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the word of God for the people of God. When we understand the coldness of Scrooge, the first thing that we have to ask is what, if anything, can break through that hard, cold, indifferent, calloused exterior? What can break through your schedule, your email list, your to-do list? What, if anything, can make and change your priorities list? Those are the questions that we have to ask. And we know that as the story unfolds, Scrooge has an encounter with his long-deceased business partner, Marley. And what Marley begins to realize for Scrooge is he, realize, he helps Scrooge realize that there's more to your life than just the physical world in which you live. There's a spiritual world that is playing out all around you that you are not aware of, Scrooge. He wants us to know that for all of us, we are not just physical beings that are having a spiritual experience this Sunday morning. We are actually spiritual beings that are having a physical experience for the time that we are on this earth, that your spirit will outlast your physical life. And so he reveals to Scrooge all of the things that are playing out, and he tells Scrooge, Scrooge, you are forging for yourself the own chains of your own slavery. You are enslaved by your own choices. He, he goes through and he says, your chains are so ponderous, they have long since surpassed mine. You have been creating your own future. Somebody once said that our future is created. We choose our future long before it arrives. And so the questions that we have to ask ourselves is, are we choosing that future? The one thing that I want us to understand that Jesus is trying to tell us, he said, I am the light, the light has come, because in the darkness you can't see the difference between where you are and where you ought to be. The choice before you now is to see the light of Christ and let it reflect on who you are and where you're going. The first thing that I want us to be able to do is see the invisible chains in our own lives. What are those things that control you, that manipulate you? that keep you down, that say, no, I can only go this far and no farther. I can only be uh, on the outskirts of the church, but not really a part of it. I can attend there, but not really own it. I can, I can be a part of the outsides and show up once in a while, but I'm not really part of its body. What are those invisible chains that are choosing, that we are choosing from time to time? The first thing that Scrooge has to understand is the ignorance of the world in which he lives. Scrooge just feels that everything that he owns will define who he is. The bigger his bank account, the better he feels about himself. The more busy that we are, the more emails that we have, the more texts, the more Facebook friends, the more likes, the more popular we must be. But Marley breaks in and he says, Scrooge, there is so much more to your life. And Scrooge replies, he says, but Marley, you were always so good at business 
and Marley cries out in Wales and says, but humanity was my business. And he is condemned to walk the earth and see the love and the fellowship he could have had, but chose not to participate in. It was the ignorance of the world that he is involved with. When we gather on a Sunday morning, it's not to just go through the motions. It's to remind you, don't get so ground in this earth that you fail to see what is happening all around you. There is a spiritual world that is playing out in your life, whether you are aware of it or not. There's also a sense of apathy or indifference that can happen. Scrooge has given up connecting with other people long ago, and he's gotten hard, and it happens to all of us. The longer you sit in your pew, the more your spirit will atrophy. It becomes less responsive, not more. Just coming here on a Sunday morning and never acting on what God is telling us, never becoming involved or going deeper or exploring at a deeper level, the less able you are to hear that voice. It happens to our muscles. If we, if we fail, for many people, if they're in a hospital bed for an extended period of time, sometimes they have to go to, to rehab to, to reteach those muscles how to work and, and how to begin to exercise because they lose the ability to function as they once did. We too can get like that. We can just go through the motions and say everything looks normal but our spirit is withering on the inside. And so it happened with Scrooge. And finally, there's a sense of slavery. We enslave ourselves. There, there's none so blind as those who will not see. Jesus calls all of us to a new way of life, but only those that hear will respond. And it's an invitation for us to leave that slavery. C.T. Whitemell once said, in the darkness, there is no choices. It is in the light that enables us to see the difference between things, and it is Christ who gives us the light. It is Christ that says this is what life was meant to be. Don't hang on to your money because it won't last. Hang on to the faithfulness and the love of this fellowship of which you are a part. Become more enmeshed in that fellowship, not less. And so as a result, Marley tells him, you're going to be blessed with, two with three spirits. Now, Scrooge doesn't think that that's a real blessing. It's more of a torment for him. But it's the thing that will bring him his redemption. As a matter of fact, one of the spirits says, why, Scrooge says, why are you troubling me? And he says, it's for your welfare. He said, a good night's sleep would be the best thing for my welfare. And she says, and it's now, well, maybe it's for your then. Maybe all of us are gathered here this morning, not for our welfare, but for our very own salvation, the hope of what God is able to do. And so Scrooge is introduced to the two paths. See, oftentimes in our own journey, every time we begin our lives, we have, this is the path, this is what I want my life to be about, but I would be willing to bet there is no adult in this room that can say, this is how I think my life was meant to work out. This is when I was a kid, this is how I thought it would work out. Every life has its ups and downs, its twists and turns, its moments where we get lost and we get off the track, and, and no more so than for Ebenezer Scrooge. We have to find a way to live less out of habit and more out of intent. Who are we? The spirits come into Scrooge's life to ask that simple question, Scrooge, who are you? Who did you think you were meant to be? And, and that's what Advent is inviting us to be ask that question of ourselves, who are we? Now, there's an old Hebrew word, it's called herometia, 
Herometia. It means that there's a fatal flaw of one of a character, of a tragic hero that leads to their downfall. It's the word, it's a Hebrew word from which we get the word sin. It is that thing, that part of our character that will ultimately lead to our downfall. And so the challenge for us is to look at Ebenezer Scrooge and try to understand what's going on in his life that eventually led to his downfall at this point, at this low point, in order for these spirits to come into his life. The first thing that the spirits do, the, the spirit of Christmas past, comes into his life to remind him of his past, remind him of his childhood. And as Scrooge goes to his childhood, he is overwhelmed by the sensation of the childhood experiences, the laughter, the, the energy, the enthusiasm comes flooding back. All of these memories of what he once believed and felt came rushing back. Oftentimes we forget who we are. We've become so calloused to the past, we have running away from hurts and fears that we close off ourselves to anybody that wants to get close to us. And so it is with Scrooge. When we come here as a church on Sunday morning, one of our primary purposes is to simply help you remember who you are. Remember who God created you to be. Remember that moment of joy and enthusiasm when you were born and all of those moments as you were growing and becoming the person that you are. Scrooge remembers that joyfulness as a child, but he also remembers the hurts from a family that didn't love him, that didn't include him in Christmas celebrations, and he begins to see slowly over time how he closed himself off. He began to protect himself from those hurts, and we do the same thing. We begin to protect ourselves from hurts as we grow. We come to become part of a church family where there's graces and abundance for all to help heal those wounds, to help allow you to let go of those past hurts. But Scrooge has them deep and they become deeply embedded. He remembers being engaged to a young woman, but because he was so fearful, he began to be more interested in the security wealth than in the relationship. And and those wounds go very deep. As a matter of fact, it's in this moment that Scrooge actually becomes a sympathetic figure. We sympathize with Scrooge for all the hurts that he's gone through in his life, how he was rejected by his family. And he, become, he remembers those moments when he actually loved his sister. The ghost of Christmas present asks him to look. Look around you. Look at the people that are gathered around you. How many of you remember the people that normally sit around you? that aren't here this morning? How many of us, when we remember and we go through our daily activities at, at Walmart or at our work, we look around and we see people that are hurting? Scrooge has had a, a worker for him, Bob Cratchit. He never even noticed Bob Cratchit. He never knew what was going on in his life, didn't really even care. The ghost of Christmas present introduces him to the things that he's always been missing. These are the things, this is the world that has been going on around you, Scrooge that you are unaware of. It is much bigger than what you ever thought. The hurts go deep in other people's lives, not just your own. The ghost of Christmas present invites us into other people's stories. I've had uh, several people talk about, you know, I don't really like to go to church. We have a growing demographic in our culture. It's called the nuns. It's called people that are religious but not affiliated because they don't want to get messy with people's lives. They don't, want to, they don't want to know what your problems are. They just want to worship God in their own way, in the purity, without really getting messy. Scrooge would have loved that. He would have loved being able to be connected with God, but not the messiness of life. 
It is so easy to be on the peripheral looking in, judging and evaluating other people and other people's lives without actually being a part of it. But Advent invites you to the messiness, doesn't it? It invites you to a stable. It invites you to the, to the straw, to the manger scene. And it says, will you go that far? Would Scrooge go that far? Will you look around you at the messiness of people's lives and say, let me help, let me carry the burden? And finally, he goes to the ghost of Christmas future. Scrooge, why are you here? Why do you think your money will protect you? What do you think your destiny ultimately is, Scrooge? Where do you think you're ultimately going to find salvation? Oftentimes, if we lose our why, why are you here? What does God imagine for your life? We lose our way. And we'll follow any voice and we'll follow any fad and we'll follow any circular that comes out and says, we have to buy the latest and the greatest. What is your life ultimately about? So Scrooge goes through these three spirits, the the ghost that helps him remember the love that he once had, rekindles that fire in him, helps him to look around at the love of Bob Cratchit and his family and the compassion that begins to build with Tiny Tim. But ultimately, as he's clutching his own tombstone to say, Scrooge, who are you? What is your life really all about? As a matter of fact, I would ask you, what in those moments is the critical component of of Scrooge's life? What leads for Scrooge to that moment of transformation? Jesus said it this way, Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Now, some of the Pharisees that were with him that were in their robes and in their proper place and saying, hey, I've gone to church every Sunday. Are you saying that I'm blind too? Can we see what's going on around us or do we just see the world as we are? At the very end, Scrooge says the following. He said, men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which if persevered in, they must lead, said Scrooge. But if the courses be departed from, then the ends will change. Scrooge is beginning to believe in change as he's clutching his own tombstone. So what is the catalyst? What is the moment of transition for Scrooge? Is it the tombstone? I don't believe so. I believe there's something else that happens and it can happen for you today as well. What is ultimately changed Scrooge's heart? It's the moment he awoke from the nightmare. It's the moment that he was so depressed and said, this is my lot, I can change, and he realized it was a dream. Timothy Keller tells a story about salvation and he said one time he had a horrible nightmare. He dreamed that his whole family was killed before him, and and he he struggled to save them, but he couldn't save them. His legs wouldn't move, and as he struggled, maybe you've had a nightmare where you woke up screaming, or there was that moment of just terror, and you woke up. He said, I woke up from the nightmare, and I looked around, and my family was alive. It, It was just a dream. And he said, in that moment, I loved my family so much more. It was such a a wonderful moment of ecstasy to see that my family wasn't dead, but they're right here for me to enjoy and to love and to celebrate. What Scrooge has is say, this could be your life, Scrooge. This is your life as it is now. And Scrooge awakes and says, but I have been given another chance. The gospel is simply an opportunity for you to begin again to awaken from the nightmare of pursuing a job and a career and a bank account. 
and to be aware of something more. In Hebrews chapter 2, the writer says, Jesus came to free those who all of their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. And so what is ultimately Scrooge's final destiny? To live as children of the light. That's the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, that Scrooge was cold and hard and tight-fisted, and at the very end, it says, but he lived Christmas better than any man knew how. He had an experience that helped him remember who he was, who he could be, helped him to see the world as larger than it really was, but also to recognize that his destiny was beyond this earth. In Proverbs chapter 11, it says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger while the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Scrooge's world began to explode. It began to see things differently. He began to see how he could have an impact and be part of other people's lives. In Ephesians chapter 5, you were once... In darkness, but now you are in light of the Lord. Live as children of the light. So here's the challenge of a Christmas carol. Are you going to live as a child of the light or as a child of the darkness? Are you going to live more like Scrooge? Are you keeping God at arm's length, protecting yourself from the fears and doubts, or are you allowing God to just permeate who you are? Christmas is about allowing you to begin again, to wake up and say, God came to me to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, to celebrate life. So the challenge is to begin again. Open up God's gift. Join a Sunday school class. Join a small group. Join a ministry team and begin to let God use you to change the world around you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we've gathered this morning as brothers and sisters to live in the light that you have given. We thank you for the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, for his redemption, his salvation allows us to have hope for ourselves and for those that we love. Help us to continue this Advent season to follow you faithfully from Nazareth to Bethlehem and experience the miracle of Christ with us. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.